It is the Early Access Podcast, Episode 8, on October 15th, 2019, and we host DJ Nikki Kuehler is not producing this week. She is out uh, somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere, so it is just me, and uh, I last week did not address something that happened the day before we do the podcast, 8 p.m. Tuesdays, PST, uh, twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo, and last week... Uh, on Monday, I think it was, or maybe it was Tuesday right before the podcast, I didn't address the whole Blizzard debacle um, with Blizzard banning Blitzchung, a player whose name I would actually have no idea um, who this guy was, if not for this news. If anything, the whole Blizzard controversy within this past week is just a perfect example of the Streisand effect, but I did not address that immediately because I wanted to wait for more information and learn more about uh, what was going on and not just crap out an opinion straight away. And so I am a first off welcoming everyone to the Blizzard boycott train. I've been part of the Blizzard boycott train for my entire 24 years of existence. Uh, played Overwatch for a little bit, hated that game, played WoW for about two hours. And uh, the grind of WoW was not for me. I do like card games. Uh, never really quite gotten to Hearthstone, but for those of you who don't know, Blitzchung is a player that was punished for uh talking about hong kong uh on an official grandmasters broadcast and i i did a lot of research on this actually and i'm probably going to be coming at this uh from a different opinion than a lot of people and, and something that you know as as anti i mean i hate overwatch but as anti-blizzard as i already am uh, i can kind of see where they're coming from now first off the the magnitude of their punishments the it was disproportional to what blitzchunk said he literally it was one sentence um free hong kong and he said some other stuff with that i don't have the exact quote um and they initially banned him for 12 months banned the casters which i want to actually touch on the casters more later on and they revoked all his prize money. Uh, they did give him his prize money back. I did see a competing card game say that they were willing to give Blitzchung all the money that Blizzard uh, took away from him. I don't know now that Blizzard said that they're actually going to give him his money, what's going to happen with that. But he is getting his money back. Blizzard said that he played fair and square. He won that money, and so he does deserve it. But he is still going to be suspended for six months. The casters as well uh, will be suspended for six months. Now, I completely support his ability to say that uh, on stream and i think he did the right thing i can understand to an extent why blizzard would do this now china throwing money at them is one thing but you got to take this from a fan perspective right i china's population and, and the chinese hearthstone player base must be insanely huge and for someone to say on a chinese broadcast to chinese viewers i think it was it even took place in china uh, something that divisive, that's probably not something Blizzard as a global company wants to have out there, um, to alienate their Chinese audience. Now, people have argued, and I, I don't know Blizzard's history as well as anyone else, that, um, these punishments aren't, uh, exactly in line with how Blizzard would punish uh, other people if, if in the West, um, I were to go, I were a pro Overwatch player in some alternate universe, God forbid, and I said, uh, yeah, gays are cool. Uh, LGBT, let's go. Everyone be gay. Um, Blizzard might not ban me for saying something like that because it is such an accepted value here in the West. Whereas, uh, obviously, uh, supporting the Hong Kong protests on a Chinese broadcast is a little more divisive. 
and uh, Blizzard may not always be uh, following precedents that they've set beforehand uh, with how they punish people. But I can understand why on a global broadcast, they wouldn't want something so polarizing uh, to be said on their live stream. Now, banning the guy for six months, um, that is the final punishment. Still not quite, I think, uh, proportional to, to what he did. I, I don't think he should be banned for six months. And of course, everyone is talking about this. The news is being picked up absolutely everywhere. Um, just wasn't a smart thing for Blizzard to do in the first place. Uh, I do have a note here. Uh, Pride Day, apparently... It's pretty accepted in the West, but Blizzard, uh, when they were celebrating Pride Day, omitted it in South Korea uh, somewhere that they aren't so accepting of my LGBT friends. And so uh, they, they really, as much as I would want LGBT acceptance across the world, um, I can understand why Blizzard as a company whose primary goal is to make money, get World of Warcraft subscriptions, and make you buy Overwatch loot boxes. I can understand why they wouldn't want uh, messages that might not be so culturally accepted in a country spread around that country. So uh, still, I mean, as much as I'm defending Blizzard right here, still disproportionate amount of punishment they're giving a blitz chunk. But uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about was the casters. The casters were initially banned for 12 months. They're now banned for six months. But honestly, what's probably going to happen is these casters are uh, going to be banned for six months and then never hired back again. Uh, I almost guarantee you that is what's going to happen. If I'm wrong, someone six months from now, let me know that those casters are back. And so, as a caster myself, uh, this begs a question. Uh, was it their responsibility to control the situation, shut Blitzchung down, say, yo, man, let's keep the gameplay, f- uh, let's keep the discussion, this post-game interview, because you won. Um, he was doing a post-game inter- interview. Let's keep this focused on the game. What cards did you play? I don't know anything about Hearthstone. And kind of redirect the interview uh, towards the actual game. So as a caster, let's say I was holding a Smash tournament, uh, Nikki's Basement 2019, and we had a guy uh, being interviewed. This wasn't an officially sponsored event. I'm a caster at the event. Uh, the, the pot is completely funded by people coming in. I'm holding a Smash tournament in my basement. Some guy comes up and is like, yo, Palutina, complete ass. Smash, complete garbage game. I can't believe they can't even put uh, Waluigi in the game. And the guy just goes off about how, how much he hates Smash on stream. And I, as a caster, agree with everything he says. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Palutina is overpowered. I'm really showing how much I know about Smash right here. In that sense, because I am a broadcaster representing a stream and a tournament, that might not be a very professional thing to say to double down on what the the interviewee is saying. But it uh, it's it's just a broadcast. I, I'm not being professionally uh, hired out to do this. I could see why someone want to do that. Now, of course, that may make it hard for you to get a real casting gig. But if you're just doing something for fun in your basement, short tournament, not a big deal. Now, if I were on a big Nintendo-sanctioned event. Let's do Pokemon, because I know way more about Pokemon. And I was doing a post-game interview, and someone came up and said, you know what? I really miss Sudowoodo. Sudowoodo's cut from the national decks. I can't believe Masuda and Game Freak decided to cut Pokemon out of the game. They're sorry excuses for these animations that weren't even upgraded. As a caster, from an official... I was professionally hired by Nintendo, presumably. It would probably be in my best interest... To move the conversation back to, whoa, man, all right, 
that's cool and all. I miss Sudowoodo too. But tell me more about your team. So you decided to run a team of six psychic types. Why did you think that was a good idea? I mean, congratulations on getting first place with six psychic types. I'm so glad absolutely no one ran any dark types whatsoever. And just take it back towards the game. Uh, now, now here's the thing. If I were doing an Evolve broadcast, and this has happened before, right? This is Now I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. Back in Evolve, I was one of the most well-known shoutcasters in the game, not to toot my own horn. But uh, when I was doing shoutcasts, it was not quite uh, 2K paying me out to do this. In fact, a lot of the time we did Evolve shoutcasts of our own free will. We did it to give back to the community because we wanted to, because we cared about the players, and because a lot of them were our friends. And so if one of my friends, for example, one of the monsters in Evolve, for those of you who don't know, Evolve was a 4v1 monster hunting game. One of the monsters in the game was the Wraith. And the Wraith was very divisive throughout the entire game's history, except at the end when it was just a complete trash character. But right when Evolve came out, it was a very controversial character because it was incredibly fast, hard to catch. And if you were a noob hunter, it could really frustrate you um, because an equally bad player could play the Wraith but uh, beat you just because it was so fast and hard to capture in an early game dome. I'm getting too deep into Evolve. So this is not an official 2K broadcast. This is the Stale Shampoo stream where I am showing off Evolve because I love the game. Now, of course, as someone doing this weekly, it would be great if I were hired out to do an official event with big prize money with a real paycheck more than just Twitch. Actually, bits didn't even exist at the time. More than just Twitch donations and subscriptions. So a player comes up on stream and says, you know what, Turtle Rock Studios, fuck you for putting the Wraith in the game. It is absolutely unbelievably overpowered. It needs to be removed immediately. This is garbage. Get this monster out of the game. It's terrible. As a professional caster, right? I'm I'm very community connected. I know a lot of the players. I probably knew he had this opinion beforehand. There's two things I can do. Um, of course, if I also feel the same way, and I think, let's say uh, for the sake of argument, I do think the Wraith is overpowered. If I think that as well, right, I could go double down and be like, you know what? They're right. They're slacking. You know, the Wraith is terrible. Or I could be like, yo, you know, um, we'll give the devs that feedback, but tell me about your game. So you picked these four hunters and navigate the conversation away from uh, just blatantly hating on the developers. Of course, hating on the developers is different than a massive, uh, you know, protest and civil liberties and all that stuff being violated in Hong Kong and tear gas in the streets and all that stuff. But you see, I'm saying when it comes to casting, uh, if you are a professionally hired shoutcaster, which... Uh, these guys were. It is in your best interest and in the company's interest who's hiring you for you to promote their game and keep things on track and follow the agenda that they gave you, which as a caster would be um, to get viewers, to keep people entertained, to keep uh, things focused on the game. Because all esports really is, is advertising for the game. You think Fortnite is putting up millions and millions of dollars? Because they want to give back to people? No, it's to draw eyes. It's to get a spectacle. I mean, there's a reason. One of the things as a caster that you need to be doing is if there is a $2 million prize pool to every time there's an intermission mention and these players are playing for $2 million, there's a lot on the line and a lot of pressure. And any any broadcast, any esports broadcast with thousands, if not millions of dollars on the line, pay attention. They're going to call out the prize pool every time because that is a spectacle and an advertisement 
for the game development company. So these guys were professionally hired. They didn't keep the conversation on track and let Blitzchung, the new Blitzchung was going to talk about the Hong Kong protest, say that. Now, this goes back to what I was saying with, are you going to side with your community who may not have the same uh, notions, the same goals as the developers, as the publishers who are hiring you as a caster? Or are you going to, as a caster, um, try to shut that down and keep the conversation on the game? That, that's always a challenge. Of course, you want to seem authentic. You want to have credibility with the community, but also you're being paid a check by the people who make the game. So you need to appease them as well. And so this time, uh, it just so happened that they didn't uh, tow that line very well. And of course, they were punished for it and they're probably banned forever. Would I have done the same thing uh, in that situation? I mean, there's literally tear gas out in the streets, uh, people being beat up, killed. I, as a caster and, and as someone who doesn't really like human rights violations, I probably would have let that slide uh, and let Blitzchung do that and accepted the penalty for being banned. Uh, these guys must have seen that coming. But uh, that's always something that you got to keep in mind is as a caster, uh, the guy paying your paycheck has a say in whether or not you can come back or not. Uh, and so I think those guys did the right thing. But the punishment was coming and uh, the fact that it came and, and Blizzard brought the hammer down on those guys is no surprise to me. It, it is a balance. You have to strike whether or not you want to be uh, authentic to the community. Hey, the Wraith is overpowered. I agree with you. Um, while still being professional and not telling the devs that they need to die because the Wraith is overpowered and they don't know how to do their job. You know, you got to toe that line somewhere in the middle with uh, these player interviews because not every player is going to be the stand-up like, yes, I love... Uh, hey, uh, Joe, you just won the Fortnite World Championship 2020 at the age of 13. What are you going to do with your prize money? Oh, I'm going to you know, help pay off my parents' house and uh, I'm going to pay my tuition to go into college. No, Joe's going to be like, I'm going to spend it on booze and hookers. Uh, you're not always going to have... Someone who, as an interviewee, is going to be playing um, a good advertisement for the person paying the check and paying the prize pool. So that's the caster's responsibility. And overall, I think that the situation, the punishment's being dealt out far too severe. But it is what it is uh, at the end of the day. Got a couple more news articles. Uh, another one came out. VR burns more calories than sex, which I don't know who is having sex at the rate top Beat Saber players hit blocks. Um, but that was incredibly obvious. I'm pretty sure sprinting uh, like half a mile burns more calories than sex. And it th that's what a long VR session in Beat Saber could feel like. But I have worked with the VR Health Institute before and the way they measure uh, how much physical exertion that you put out in VR is that they put this uh like little mask over your face and measure your breathing. And it does seem that you are breathing a lot harder as you play VR than if you were uh, getting laid, which I mean, un unless you're like up against the wall, like free weight lifting the girl, I I'm pretty sure that's that's obvious. Um, the amount of movement that goes into VR games that you think is super hot, you're ducking and doing squats and holding your arms out is not an uh, an exercise that people do. 
uh, very often that one is particular is pretty hard for me is just keeping your arms out uh, and still and trying to have your shoulders not hurt. VR is burning a lot of calories, though. Uh, they took this from the Department of Kinesiology at San Francisco State University. This is from VRScout.com. Audio Trip, which is an upcoming VR game that my friend Swan is working on, is a VR dancing game where they have the maps kind of choreographed so that you dance and hit these little balls that are coming at you. Uh, similar to Beat Saber, except it's a lot more dancey than arm swingy. Uh, they wrote in the article, researchers found that people who played one of the year's most highly anticipated soon-to-be-released VR games, Audio Tripped, burned 3.47 times more calories than sex. That's twice the calories. I, do, I, I don't think 3.47 times more calories is twice the calories. I think the math is a little bit off there, uh, but <laughs> that is what this article said. So, shout out to Audio Trip. Uh, one of my friends, Swan, is working on that game that will be coming out I'm pretty sure soon, a late October, for all PC VR headsets. And uh, I have a couple other things listed here. So I went to I went to a card shop over. I've actually been showing up to a lot more tournaments throughout uh, the week. And one of the tournaments that I went to, I play the Pokemon TCG, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I got... It's Swiss, so you never get eliminated from the tournament. It's just whoever has the best record wins. So I lost my first round. Uh, and it just so happened that I lost my first round. And there were three kids playing. Those kids were all paired up together. But someone who everyone there was probably over 20 had to get paired with one of those kids. And because I was 0-1 the first round, I had to go play against the kid who had lost against the other kids in the first round. And you're not allowed to switch decks, so I wasn't allowed to use, like, just a fun deck. I had to use my, like, perfectly crafted deck that I've literally used math to put together uh, against this little girl who was just playing her her favorite Pokemon of many different colors. The deck had absolutely no cohesion together, but she was very polite, and her dad was there watching over her. and He was very nice. He, he actually goes to that card shop frequently. Um, but it was the first time that I had to play the card game against a child. And of course, I actually worked with children a lot. I taught martial arts for, I mean, I took martial arts for 10 years and then a big portion of those years I had to teach it as well. And so I had worked with kids a lot. And then on my job, you see kids coming in very often. We show VR, uh, VR off to people. And so adults will come in with their kids and you help out the kids with VR. Worked with kids a decent amount throughout my life. I'm no babysitter, but I've, I've gotten my fair share. I'm also the oldest in my family. So uh, basically everyone is younger than me. I mean, not oldest in my family, obviously. My mom and dad are older. But everyone else in my family uh, from my generation is younger than me. So I have a semi-decent experience with kids. And it is because I'm getting to that age where I have to decide within the next 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, whether or not I want to have kids. And I forgot just how the lack of critical thinking children have. Uh, because, I mean, obviously you're playing a card game, right? And sometimes your Pokemon are going to get knocked out. So what you do is you power up some other Pokemon, let your Pokemon who's on the field get knocked out, and then you send in, send in a more powerful Pokemon uh, to return the knockout. What children do is they'll just, you know, you'll just cycle through killing all of their Pokemon very quickly, and they don't have a lot of uh, counterplay. Uh, of course, I didn't expect the seven-year-old to come with a deck that's like incredibly well built. Of course, I have more disposable income than her. My deck probably costs $200 and hers probably costs 25 tops. But uh, I 
I didn't quite remember that. Uh, not that I didn't re- remember that children weren't quite that smart, but it was just a, another realization of like, oh yeah, I was that dumb too when I was seven or eight. Like I, my parents had to raise something also that didn't understand the consequences of their actions past their next immediate action. And so I went to another card shop on uh, the day after that. And I was actually the only adult who showed up and everyone else who showed up were kids. Turns out at that card shop that the person who would teach kids how to play Pokemon had left the previous week and I showed up. And so uh, I will do anything for packs of cards. They gave me a couple packs of cards to teach the children how to play. And that was a very wholesome experience because uh, I had actually gone to McDonald's and bought a bunch of Pokemon toys because I'm an addict and I got to give them to the children and teach them how to play the game. Uh, and the kids were all very respectful. It's a great reflection on their parents because their parents were also very cool people. But I, I had not quite remembered the lack of depth and ability to see the consequences of their actions that children had. Uh, and so, I mean, one thing, uh, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure one thing that's very interesting when you become a parent is seeing your child go from pretty dumb to intelligent to being able to make their own multi-step in-depth decisions and so uh, i got to play cards with a bunch of kids this weekend uh, unfortunately uh for those of you uh wondering what happened in that swiss tournament that i did play against that one girl uh i absolutely and brutally uh annihilated her she still had fun uh and she she really just seemed to like she was enjoying uh picking up cards and moving them around the play map but helping out children uh was was not something that I expected to do this week, but is uh, just something that I ended up doing a couple times. And uh, it was interesting. I, I don't think that I am quite ready to become a dad yet, especially because kids generally start at zero unless you adopt. And so they're even stupider than they are at seven. And that I'm not just quite ready for. Uh, I, I actually, I mean, as a 24-year-old, I think I'm pretty fucking stupid. So... uh I, once I, once I peek out, once my intelligence level peaks out, then maybe it'll be time to look into having one of those things. Uh, but kudos to those parents because those kids were very respectful and, uh, they, they at the very least knew how to handle cards and do some, uh, basic shuffling and all that stuff. All right. Last thing I want to talk about this week. We didn't have very much to talk about this week, but if you guys want to send in any of your submissions for topics, uh, send it in to discord.gg slash Dell Shampoo. I got two questions from one of my favorite subreddits, Am I the Asshole? And I'm going to be, for those of you listening on Twitch or listening on YouTube, let me know in the comments section which of these, uh, if you guys think that this person is an asshole or is not an asshole, or if everyone in the situation is an asshole. I'm going to read this out, uh, reddit.com slash r slash am I the asshole. Uh, there's no spaces or underscores between those words. This one is called, am I the asshole for snapping at a family member for asking me why I'm still single? For some context, I'm, I'm a 24-year-old female. I'm obviously reading someone else's post. This is not my post. I had to make that clear. For some context, I'm a 24-year-old female and Asian, and I've never had a boyfriend in the years I've been alive. I'm socially awkward. By the way, um, if this girl is listening, I have so many single 24-year-old guy friends, so hit me up. I'm socially awkward. So are all my friends. Insecure, despite being average-looking. Not ugly, but I wouldn't call myself pretty, just average. And just reclusive slash quiet when not spoken to. The incredibly shy slash introverted and slightly studious type. Henceforth, my singleness. 
I've been asked out many times by boys, but they're never really interested in me. They weren't my type, honestly, and I didn't want to lead them on. I've always been pretty straightforward about that. I figured when the time comes, it will come. Sure, I would like a relationship, but I'm not actively looking. With that said, I can communicate like a normal human being, uh, despite hating human interaction. I'm a recently licensed pharmacist who's been working the beast that is retail for a while since undergrad. I'm, pre- I'm a professional in my field, very personal with my patients and coworkers. That's all fine. I have a cousin, 34 female, whom my mother adores. My cousin's husband brought her over years ago uh, from her home country through marriage, and they've been doing pretty well with themselves with a little child. She depends on her husband and expects him to do all sorts of things to accommodate her preferred living style. New Lexus and home and all that jazz. She works too to support her family, so I don't pry and know whatever they do because it's not my business. Now, my cousin is always asking me, when will you get a boyfriend? Your younger sister has a boyfriend already. She surpassed you. And all of these little snide comments about my love life, which doesn't exactly make me happy because it's none of their business. This cousin also prefers my sister, who I admit is the fun one in her eyes, while I'm just the smart one. It's just the way I see our dynamic, and quite frankly, I'm okay with it. By their family members bring this up sometimes, too. It gets annoying real quick. I hate it. But I've learned to ignore these snide comments and to tune them out. Just remain quiet whenever they bring it up because there is no addressing it. And I'm a pretty non-confrontational person. But today, I finally had enough and replied, I make six figures a year. I don't need a man to take care of me or make me happy. I can do it myself. Please stay out of my business. To her being single comment to shut her up. It got incredibly awkward real fast. So I have not said anything to my cousin or something less passive-aggressive. Am I the asshole? First off, holy crap. This girl's 20... She's 24 and making six figures a year. That is bananas. Um, and she is absolutely doing great on her career path. Having six figures and being single, uh, you're going to be saving up a lot of money, able to buy a house, able to probably provide well for your kid and pay for the increase that is college tuition and college parking. Great job on her part. Is she the asshole? Absolutely not. I have been, I have actually been this girl. So I'm, like I said, actually earlier in the show, this ties in. I'm the absolute oldest of my generation and my family. And so there's a lot of, uh, of pressure on me, particularly from my grandparents, uh, to have children. My grandparents want great grandkids. And so because I'm the oldest and most likely, therefore, to have kids, um, there's a lot of when will you get a girlfriend? Uh, who are you dating? When are you guys getting married? Are you going to have kids? I think it's slowed down in the recent years, but uh, that can get absolutely incredibly annoying. And as someone who took five and a half years to finish college and then immediately went into pursuing a career and my own freelance gigs and ambitions uh, with, you know, having been a professional Twitch streamer and uh, going off and doing my other business prospects, some of which I have, I have some nice things lined up for my career in the future that I'm not going to quite talk about until they're underway in public. But um, this girl is doing the exact same thing I'm doing. She's very focused on her career. She's actually doing way better than me because she's making six figures uh, major congrats on that part. Probably a lot smarter than me, too, because she's a pharmacist. But she's single. And honestly, who cares? Because, I mean, you still have a pretty good dating pool up until you're maybe 27, 28. And that's when you start getting men and women who have kids or they were divorced or, um, you know, something like that. And you might not be the kind of person who wants to be hooking up with someone who has one or two kids already. But she's still got a couple years to find someone where she's in that prime dating pool. I mean, you're talking about at 24, you have men and women. I don't, I'm not going to assume that this girl's straight, 
but men and women in grad school. You have people who are taking six years to finish college, which was almost me. You have people who are starting incredibly successful careers. Most people at 24, especially in this economy and in California where housing is so high, uh, most people haven't had kids because they can't pay for rent in the first place. Still has a great couple of years uh, for her dating pool. And hey, if she ends up being 35 and deciding, you know what? I still want to be single. I still want to focus on my career. And that's fine. This is the part of your life. And, and actually, it's kind of scary, to be honest, to decide what you're going to do with your family and what you're going to be doing with your career. Are you going to be completely focused on doing your career? Are you going to focus on... uh you know, splitting your career with being creative, which is kind of what I'm doing. Are you going to spend, you know, your nine to five making money, getting some uh, solid foundation, getting a nest fund, and then spend the other parts of your day focusing on something that makes you happy and that may or may not make you sick bank in the future? Or are you going to give up your creative endeavors and your career and go for a family? And that's really kind of in your early to mid twenties, uh, the choice that, that you're making. And it just seems like her family, uh, who doesn't need to be concerned about it, is uh, pushing her towards one of those three avenues that she doesn't really want to focus on right now. And she has plenty of time to focus on in the future. And if she doesn't focus on it in the future, that's fine too. And they're, they're just being nosy assholes. Uh, and therefore, her family's a load of assholes, in my opinion. And uh, she is doing absolutely fine. Dude, she's making six figures at 24. That I, I don't know what percentage of 24-year-olds are making six figures. But I'll let you know, I know quite a few people who are, I mean, in their 20s just in general and are not making six figures. So great job to her. Keep pursuing your career because uh, you got a lot of money. Then you could travel around the world. And maybe that maybe that's your end game. You know, maybe when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, you want to, instead of having children, travel the world. I mean, that's still something that I have to struggle with and figure out on my own is what do I want my end game to be? Do I want to have, you know, at the end of my life, seen as many countries and met as many people and been to as many places as possible? Is that what I want? Do I want to have a big family? I mean, the answer to that one actually is no, but that is an end game you can have to have, you know, three, four children and those children have children. You have a big family of a couple dozen people and your Christmas and Thanksgivings, the house is just packed. You know, is that what you want to do? Or do you, know, do you want to fall in love and explore the world with no kids? Uh, do you want to just have the traditional family? Do you want to pursue – do I want to pursue my career and just put all my time into that basket and work 12 hours a day, make a bunch of money and then sit on it and then have a bunch of money to pass on to someone? Uh, I don't know. But she is doing fine for herself. If she wasn't making six figures and she didn't have a boyfriend and she didn't have any hobbies and she didn't have a job, uh, then we might – you know, then the family might want to raise a little bit of concern um, for her to step it up on one of those things and didn't have a college degree and wasn't going to school. Then you want to step it up. But she's doing absolutely fine in life. Anyway, that's all I got for the Early Access Podcast. Episode 8 this week. If you guys want discord.gg slash Shampoo, send me some of your requested questions, comments, whatever you want. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, we stream now 8 p.m. PST. Tuesdays on twitch.tv slash Shampoo. October 22nd is the next show, 8 p.m. Thanks for watching. Kuehler should be back next week, and we'll see you guys all some of the time.